I'm ready for today. I'm ready to jump into the word that is in me called the finishing place. I'm going to be, uh, Jenny, when do you, when does truth come out? The article, truth. In, uh, January, like the first January. So the first Sunday in January, I wrote an article in, in the truth that Jenny does quarterly. And I encourage you to get that. If you have not, if you do not receive the truth newsletter that comes out quarterly, if you go on the website, you can click on the link there and it, to subscribe to it, and it will be sent to you automatically. It will be emailed to you every quarter. And if you're watching online, this is true of you as well. So go to the rockofcf.org, and if you click on the link there, it will give you an op- option to subscribe to the newsletter. I encourage you to do that. Every time uh, she puts this together, it's, again, it's four times a year, but it's always full of information, it's full of truths, it's full of life. Uh, but in this particular one, I wrote basically what I'm going to be teaching today. I wrote an article on the finishing place, talking to us about what the kingdom of God looks like, because we're still in that series, The Way of the Kingdom. And there's probably no better day than right now, because Friday we will be celebrating the birth of Christ. There's probably no better time than now to, even, to, to really reflect on that finishing place and what it really looks like. There would be no finishing place if it were not for the Christ coming, being sent. There would be no finishing place. There would be no work to be done if it were not for the Father saying, I want to redeem the earth, and I'm going to redeem it through a spotless lamb. Amen? Amen. So I want to talk about that this morning. Uh, Before I do that uh, today... Uh, your tithe and offering, I encourage you to be faithful in your giving. Be, worship Him with your giving as you do in every other area of your life. You can do that online uh, at therockofcf.org. Uh, you can give online. You can give by cash or check in these bronze receptacles that are up here in front of the church. Whichever way you are most comfortable with, but I encourage you to be faithful in your giving. Also, ministry groups, there will be no meeting, no ministry meetings until January. They will all resume again in January, including intercession on Wednesday morning. So uh, all ministry groups will resume that first scheduled day in January. Enjoy your families these next couple of weeks, Christmas. Enjoy your time. People that are coming in, be a voice of the kingdom to them. Whoever you gather with, be the voice of Christ. Let them hear the voice of God within your voice. Amen. So, again, today I'm going to continue the series, The Way of the Kingdom. And I want to begin by reading, and I want you to open your Bibles, please, to Luke chapter 17. I'm going to read a passage that I read, I think, two or three weeks ago. But I want to read this one more time and share with you uh, this scripture. And then we're going to talk about what it means. But before we do that, one last time, I'm going to ask you to stand with me. I want to pray. I want to pray that we get this today. That we get, have a revelation of what Holy Spirit wants to release to us. Put your hands on yourself somewhere. Touch your body. I want you to pray over yourself. Say this with me. Say, Father, Father help me hear today. And help me see today. If you are watching online, I want you to do the same thing wherever you're at because I want you to hear and see what the Father wants to reveal to us today. So once again, place your hands upon your body and say, Father, help me see and help me hear. I don't want to miss anything you want to show me. I don't want to be deaf to anything you want me to hear. Change me in my mind. Change me in my heart. Whatever places that are in me that are contrary to those places that are in you. Redeem me today. I yield to you today. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. 
Amen. You may be seated. So Luke chapter 17, verse 21, I'm going to read this out of the message. Now, depending on which version of the message you have, it changes a little bit. Every few years they do a few updates, so sometimes the words don't match perfectly. Uh, but this is what it says in the version, that, in the edition that I have. In Luke chapter 17, verse 21, in the message it's 20 and 21, and it says this, Jesus, grilled by the Pharisees on when the kingdom of God would come, answered and he said everybody say Jesus said the kingdom of God doesn't come by counting the days on a calendar nor does it come when someone says look here it is or there it is and why it's because the kingdom of God is already among you if you're looking for it to be somewhere else you're not going to find what is already present here if you're looking in the sweet, sweet by and by for something that you think is glorious, you will not see it in the sweet, sweet by and by if you cannot see it in the present. If you cannot be a part of it now, you cannot be a part of it later. So what you think is out there is actually right here among us. That's what Christ was saying. He said, stop gazing into the nether places. Stop looking beyond where you are. Stop looking past the trees to see the forest. Go ahead and look around you and within you and you will see the work of God in progress. You will see the hand of God at work. He is laboring in a sense not like we interpret, but he is laboring in the sense to bring immature sons into maturity, imperfect people into perfection. He is looking to bring unrighteousness into righteousness. There is a work that is going on around us, and that's what Christ is saying. Stop looking for it over there. I think over there they're doing it right. Or I think over there they're doing it right. Or I think over there there's a little more righteousness. He said, stop looking over there and look among you. What are you doing? To bring righteousness into the earth. Stop looking over there expecting them to bring righteousness. Or him or her or that one or they to bring righteousness into the earth. What are you doing to exemplify the anointing of Christ in the earth that is around you? What part are you playing? So this is what Jesus said. And I'm going to read it one more time. He grilled the Pharisees. Grilled by, he was grilled by the Pharisees on when the kingdom of God would come because religion, keep in mind in Scripture, whether it's in the First Testament or the Second Testament, in Scripture, when, it, when we refer to, specifically in the Second Testament, the Pharisees and the Sadducees, that's nothing different than, let's say, the Assemblies of God, the Methodists, the Baptists, the whoever. It's the same thing. Now, they wouldn't want to say that. No Baptist is going to say, I'm a Sadducee, but they are. No assembly of God person is going to say I'm a Pharisee, but they are. No, because it's the same spirit. It's that thing, we've got it and you don't. You know, and, and the reason we've got it and we can say we've got it and, and no one else has it is because we put a name to it. We call it the assemblies or we call it the Baptists or we call it the Methodists or we call it the Nazarene or we call it this. If they would drop all of that nonsense and stop worrying about what title they came under, what banner they came under and just said, we're the kingdom. We're the kingdom. That's what the Christ is saying. He said, you're looking here. You're looking in this group. You're looking in that group. And he said, it isn't in the group. It's in the presence of Christ. It's in the anointing of Christ, the work that the Father is trying to do in all of us. Somebody say amen. amen. So in Yahweh's kingdom, I'm going to say something to you this morning that is going to, I want you to hear what I'm about to say. I don't want you to reject it. I don't want you to hear it and think, 
There's no way that's true. I want you to hear what I'm about to say and give it consideration for a second. In Yahweh God's kingdom, there is always room for rebellion and sin. In fact, I want you to say that. I want you to look to the person that is sitting beside you or around you, and I want you to say to them, in God's kingdom, kingdom, he made room room for rebellion and sin. Holy smokies, that goes against everything about what we believe about the church. We believe in the church world because we're conditioned to believe this, that this church world in its purest form is a perfect place where there is no sin, where there is no rebellion, where everything is clean, every stall is clean, there's no hay mixed up with the poo-poo, all the stuff is in its proper place, none of the grain fell into the cracks of the floor, we believe that everything is just perfectly right in the kingdom because that's how we've been conditioned. As we have grown away from Christ and into a system... Because Christ isn't a system. As we've grown away from Christ trying to perfect a system that we thought he wanted, which he didn't want a system, he wanted relationship. And relationship is always, it always contains some level of messiness. So when we reflect again what the kingdom of God really is, let's, I want to talk about that today because the way of the kingdom isn't this place that's... Uh, uh, Purified air. In fact, in the kingdom, COVID would run rampant. Now that was quiet. Because the Father's not looking for a way to keep COVID out. He's looking for a way to redeem it. The Father's not looking for a way to keep sinners out. He's looking for a way to redeem them, find their usefulness. To discover their purpose, what's inside of them, what is in that sinner that is full of purpose because my pneuma exists in them so there's some level of righteousness that is in them, they just haven't found it yet. So what good does it do to say to the sinner, stay out? Wouldn't it be better to say to the sinner, come in and while you're in, let all the work that's going on in here have an effect on you. Begin to change you, change your mind, change your thinking, change the way that you do certain things. Now, I want you to consider this as I say this again, that the kingdom, in the kingdom, there's always room for sin and always room for rebellion. And someone might be saying, especially someone that's watching online, maybe you haven't known me, don't know me, don't know the spirit of this house, and don't know that we are passionately after reaching a people who have not found Christ because we've showed them the wrong one. Uh, So... You're looking and you're watching and you're saying, well, no, the kingdom of God in its purest form has no sin and rebellion. Well, I'm going to challenge the one that might think this with this thought this morning. From where did Lucifer come? In the beginning before you or I were. In the beginning before there was flesh on our spirit. In the beginning before there was an earth. In the beginning before there were waters that covered the, uh, the world. In the beginning before we could define what heavens were. There was no scientist that could define for us what everything was and how they think that it came together. In the beginning when there was God, there was also Lucifer. There were also worshipers. There were also angels with God. And in the beginning, when it was all that God had, when God ruled all over everything as He does even today, Lucifer was present with Him. That, we would think that in the beginning of time, that is a perfect kingdom. Is that true? That's what we want to believe in our mind. But can I tell you, in that perfect kingdom, Lucifer existed. And within that perfect kingdom, obviously there was sin available. There was rebellion, uh, the capability to rebel. Because in that place, that's exactly what Lucifer did. In a perfect kingdom... Sin showed up. Rebellion 
appeared. In a perfect kingdom. And why is that? Because the kingdom of God isn't perfect. The kingdom of God is all about will. It's all about you and me. The Father's not looking for robots. He's looking for people that will come into it and say, I want to serve you. I want to know you because you make me better. I don't want to serve you and know you because I came in perfect already the best I could be. So God's kingdom is not expressed through perfect people, but it is expressed through the imperfect being perfected. It's expressed through people like you and me that we come into the kingdom of God. And and when we think of that finishing place in the kingdom, it's a finishing place. In fact, say that with me. Say the kingdom of God God is a finishing place. It's interesting to me that when he sent Christ into the earth, he did not send Christ into the earth because he wanted Christ to come in and somehow gather together to himself a people that were perfect. He sent Christ into the earth because of sin. Because sin existed. He didn't send him to gather the perfect people. He sent him to gather the imperfect. He sent him to gather the people that were shamed by everyone else, that were set off, put off, set aside, pushed away, rejected, ignored, that became invisible. To those who thought everything was perfect. So his, his kingdom is not expressed through perfect people. But through the imperfect being perfected. And the unrighteous being redeemed into righteousness. How many unrighteous folks in this room are watching online today? How many of you remember when you were unrighteous. And then you came into righteousness. Aren't you glad that you were able to come to a place. Wherever that place might have been. Maybe your car. Maybe your living room. Maybe at an altar in front of a church somewhere. Maybe in a store. Maybe in a line, maybe at your neighbor's house, maybe at a party. Who knows where it happened? Maybe in your place of employment. But at some point you recognized through somebody that there was more available to you than you had received at that time. And you made a decision and you understood because of something. I'm an unrighteous man or woman and I need Christ. And he redeemed you into righteousness. What does that look like though? Let me tell you about Steve Parker. I am not perfect. I am as imperfect as anyone in this room, maybe more. Who knows? I don't know. I don't get up every morning and try to compare how many imperfections do I have up against Christians. I don't get up, Christian Perez, not like Christian people. But I I don't get up in the morning and try to measure up all the places where I come up short. But it doesn't take me more than 30 minutes to realize that I'm short in a few areas. Every single day I get up and realize how much I really do need Christ. Every day I realize how much he's still redeeming me of. How much redemption is still required in Steve Parker. I'm not the guy that's going to get up and tell you ever on any given day I'm a perfect man. And if you ever expected me to be a perfect man, and that's the only way you're going to listen to me or trust me or believe in me and what I'm saying, I'm going to tell you today it's not going to go well. But if you can accept that I'm an imperfect being, being perfected by the anointing of Christ, he's doing as much in me, somebody, as he's doing in you. He's doing the same kind of work in Steve Parker that he is doing in you. This is the cool thing about it. See, because in the kingdom of God, in that finishing place, that's what it is. The kingdom of God is exactly that. Everybody say, it's exactly that. The kingdom of God is a finishing place. It's where somebody like Jordan that can come and be a part of the kingdom of God, not because you got it all right, but because you're willing to come in and be finished, be worked on. You're willing to come in and let him move this over here a little bit and move that over there a little bit and move your hair around a little bit or or change your whatever. 
The kingdom of God is a finishing place. The kingdom of God has never been a place of completion. It's always been a place of work, of duty, of opportunity, of movement, of change. It's always been that. So today, as you sit in the rock, I want to tell you when you look around you, in fact, look around you right now, just glance around you. There's the kingdom of God. There is the kingdom of God. That one sitting to the right of you is being finished. They're not finished. They're being, in fact, point at them and say, You're not finished, but you're being finished. Now the wives look at your husband and really emphasize that you are not finished. And all the husbands look at your wife and say, you are real close though. (laughs) The kingdom of God is where, listen to me now, the kingdom of God is where the miracles happen. See, if the kingdom of God is measured by perfection, if the kingdom of God is measured by only righteousness, if the kingdom of God is measured only by the fact that everything is already finished, then where do you actually come to know Christ? You can't know Christ outside of the kingdom of God. Let's consider for a moment the the work of Christ, the nature of Christ, the ministry of Christ. When he was on the earth, when he was in bodily form, human form, and he walked the earth, when he called the disciples to come with him, which of those disciples were perfect? We've talked about this before. Which of them were perfect? Do we think it strange that when Christ called, let me use this one because he's the one that is the most acceptable as far as sinful. Do we think it's strange that when Christ called Judas, do we think it's possible that Christ knew when he called Judas that Judas would betray him? Certainly. In fact, I would argue that Christ called Judas because he needed the betrayer for the prophetic word of Isaiah to come to pass. I would argue that he called Judas on purpose because his daddy said, call that one. He's going to be your betrayer. Nevertheless, I want him in the kingdom because he's going to be a testimony of how the work of God has an opportunity to do a change in even the most vile in this regard. Do you hear me today? This is stuff I'm making up. This is the things that the Father did. So isn't it interesting that when Christ was walking the earth, out of all of the disciples that he had, out of all 12 of the disciples, they walked away from him. Do we think for a second that Christ was unaware of that? And yet they were in the kingdom. Christ said to them, when you look around you, he said to the Sadducees, the Pharisees, to the disciples that were standing there listening to him, teach them. He said to them, when you look around you, where do you think the kingdom is? It's not over there. And it's not over there. It is within you. It is among you. It is around you. Jesus was saying to them, I am the kingdom. And then he was looking at Peter and he was saying, and Peter, you are the kingdom. And then he looked over there at Matthew and he said, Matthew, you are the kingdom. And then he looked, believe it or not, at Judas. And he said, Judas, you are the kingdom. I'm the kingdom, but you don't know what's in me. I'm about to steal your money. But Judas, you are the kingdom. You are the kingdom because the kingdom is the finishing place. You're not finished yet. I'm just doing a work in you. You don't know the kind of work I want. Now, it's up to you, Judas. It's up to you, Peter. It's up to you, Matthew. It's up to you, Christian. It's up to you, Jacob. It's up to any of us. Do you want to be finished? Are you willing 
to allow me to finish you and beyond ourselves. Now, let's make it not so personal, but let's ask ourselves when we look around the room and we think about right now in your mind, begin to think about all the people, your neighbor, the person you work with, the most vile, the most atrocious, the worst person you can think of. When you think of them, consider this. Not only has the father invited you into his finishing place, ha, he invited them, that person you can't even stand. The same invitation is available to the one that you despise and you think, oh man, God will never love them. He might even love them more than you. If they have a heart to know them. Does anybody hear what I'm talking about today? I said to the team this morning, well, no, I'm not going to say. I said a lot of things to the team this morning. But I'm telling you, what the Father's looking for is to, for us to rearrange our thinking and stop viewing the church world, stop viewing the kingdom of God as this place where that's the perfect place. We just want you to get to the kingdom, so I'm going to clean you up. Before we go in, I'm going to clean your mouth, I'm going to fix your head. Here's some lotion here, we get this on, make sure everything's soft and we don't want anything crusty in the kingdom. And when we get you all cleaned up, I'm going to take you to the kingdom with me. When we get everything right, I'm going to take you to the kingdom. That's not what the Father said. The Father said, no, that's not the kingdom. That out there where you're getting them cleaned up, or even in here where you're getting them cleaned up, that's not the kingdom. The kingdom isn't there. The kingdom is in us. The kingdom is in every single person that says, work on me. Holy Spirit, do your miraculous work. Work on me, and not only work on me to clean up those imperfections that are in me, those things that are contrary to the purpose of God, but work on me so that I can accept some of the imperfections that are in others and believe and and know and trust with everything in me that if you can do a work in me, you can do a work in that one. Well, wait a minute. Now, you don't know that person. Those aren't the kind of people I want to have at my church. Those aren't the kind of people I want to be seated, seated beside on Sunday morning. Well, the Father does. Do you know who God wants in these seats? He wants people that are coming into this, this place that are looking for something bigger than themselves. They're looking to be cleaned up. They're looking to be changed. They're looking to grow. They're looking to be healed. They're looking to be delivered. They're looking to be set free. They're looking, someone shared a story, and I won't tell it this morning because I don't want to give it away. Someone shared a story about somebody they work with, and they have a void in them. They don't even realize they have a void, and yet they realize they have a void. They do and they don't. They know that there's something missing. They don't know how to identify what that missing part is. I'm going to tell you that missing part is the anointing of Christ. But those are the people the Father wants in here because He wants to fill those places. And you know how He fills those places, Jordan? He fills those places because you become His voice. You become His word. You become His sound. You become His hand. You become everything. You become His eyes. You become that man that doesn't go out and say, you're not like me, therefore stay away from me. You go out there and and when the Father puts you in a position by divine appointment... By a miraculous moment and you're in a position, the person that you, you despise the most, instead of condemning, ask yourself, Holy Spirit, am I to be a voice to this moment? Should I be a sound to this moment? Now, go with me to another verse. Go with me to John chapter 3. I'm going to ask you one more question while you're turning there. Why, why, why do we find that the ministry of Christ... We find the ministry of Christ more in the streets and on the beaches and standing on a rock than we do in the synagogues and in the cathedrals and the tabernacles and sanctuaries. Because the kingdom of God wasn't in those sanctuaries because they thought they already had it. Why is it 
that it's very rare that we find the Father, we find Christ? Why is it very rare that we find Jesus in Scripture in the, in the Second Testament? It's very rare that we find Him teaching in a temple. But almost every story we read about Him, not all, but almost every story we read about Him, He's in a highway, He's on a road from here to there. Or He's out here standing in the sand while they're cleaning fish and it stinks. And there's scales all over the place. And there's tangled nets and little kids are getting hooks stuck in their feet. And there's a parent trying to change a diaper. But in that place, Christ is releasing the most impactful moment of ministry and changing lives and and multiplying fishes and multiplying loaves. In that place, He's healing the sick and He's raising the dead. And He's being a voice that is changing the earth around Him. He didn't do it in the synagogue and He didn't do it in the temple. And He didn't do it in the tabernacle. But He did it in the street. He did it in the places where the tabernacles and the synagogues and and the sanctuaries said, You can't come here. So what Christ did was, He said, If they can't come here, then neither can I. If they are absent, I'm absent too. I'm going to go where they are because I believe that the finishing place is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is where where there is unfinished business. In John chapter 3, verse 17, For God did not send His Son, and this is the ESV, did not send His Son into the world so that He could condemn it, but in order that the world might be saved through Him. He said, I sent Him into the world not so that He could look at it and He could say, You wretched rascal. The father was looking for someone and he knew his son was capable. He was the only one capable that could look at a wretched rascal that we see and see an opportunity. He knew that when he sent Christ, when we would see, oh, you, I'm going to use these terms again. If they offend, I don't mean them to offend. I just want to make it plain. When we see pedophile, he sees opportunity. When we see homosexual, he sees opportunity. When we see drug addict, he sees opportunity. When we see adulterer, he sees opportunity. Whatever, you put your own name in there. When we see that thief, robber, murderer, whatever it is, when we see it that way, the Father sees it another way. He said, that person needs to be finished in the same way that you need to be finished. Maybe you've come along a little bit further. But I've got opportunity. I want to work on them. And how am I going to work on them if you do not become my hands and my eyes and my feet and my voice to them? How do I work on them? They're in my kingdom too because the kingdom of God isn't a perfect place. It's a finishing place where things are being completed, where work is being done, where the stalls are messy and stinky and nasty. There's stuff on the walls, dust on the shelves. He said, that's the kingdom. It's a place where I finish my work, where I'm able to do a completion in a people to change them, to redeem them, to resurrect them. There are dead people out there that are still walking. They're standing upright, but they're not living. They're looking for something. And they're looking for something more than the synagogues, than the tabernacles, than the sanctuaries are providing. They're looking for something called in a miraculous way by a miraculous one, the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God. A finishing place where people are really welcomed in, not shunned, not despised, not rejected, but welcomed to come and make a difference. I, said, I did say this to the team that I will tell you this morning. I love how the Father has begun, and I, and I 
In, in every way I know how, I repent to you as I've repented to the Father. If ever I have closed my eyes to the need that is outside of us. But I said to the team, that's not what I said to the team. This is what I said to the team. I love how the Father has begun to open our eyes and caused us to see that the kingdom is bigger than what happens within these walls. The kingdom is bigger than what happens within these walls. Do you know what? I'm going to see even more maturity. Can I just tell you what I'm looking for? It's when we become, when we recognize when we see ourselves, when the dirtiest one walks in these doors or doesn't or is sitting outside, wherever it might be, I'm going to use walking in these doors as an example. But the stinkiest one, they got fish scales on them. I'm, this is all, I'm just putting things together as though it were the Second Testament. They stink, they smell rotten, they smell like tuna. They look like dirt. They look like they've been digging a ditch. Their hair's out of place. It's matted. It's knotted. They've got lice. Whatever might be yucky to you. And they walk in the door and you find yourself full of so much passion to be a demonstration of Christ to them. You don't see the lice. You don't see the mangled hair. You don't smell the rotten fish. You see the possibility of the pneuma of God coming alive in them. Do you hear me today? And We don't conveniently find the one that we're used to talking to, but instead we go to the one, to that one. Because suddenly in the room, they're the only one there. Because out of thousands of people, Christ is going to find the one with the issue of blood. Out of thousands of people, Christ is going to see the one sitting in a tree. Every time. It doesn't mean he doesn't appreciate the ones that have his undivided attention and that are gathering around to see the next miracle. He appreciates them. But when he sees the one that doesn't yet know why they should appreciate him, he introduces himself to them. He says, let me tell you something about someone that can do the extraordinary in you. That can rearrange the way you think. Show you a different way to see. Help you hear like you've never heard before. And he begins to converse begins to change God did not send his son into the world to condemn it but he sent his son into the world so that every man every woman every boy and every girl might be saved so that everyone he is an equal opportunity savior so that every single one would have the opportunity to come to know Christ like you and me. And to know that when they're coming to know Him, they don't have to feel like or wonder, do I fit in? But they fit simply because they're alive. The only qualification to be a part is that they're breathing. 
And if they're breathing, they have as much right to what the Father is offering as you or me. Whether we've known Him all of our lives, 20 years or two days. Every living being has as much right to know the Christ that was sent that we celebrate on Friday. We celebrate every day, but the world will celebrate Friday. Every single person has the right to know this Christ that has invited each and every one of us into the finishing place. He came so that we could be a work being fulfilled, become a demonstration, be changed, and reflect His glory. Do you hear me today? So the kingdom of God has never been a place without sin, and it's never been a place without rebellion. And the rock of Central Florida will never be a place without sin, and it will never be a place without rebellion. You know why? Because at the rock of Central Florida, I want sin here. Because if sin doesn't show up, how are we going to reach them? If rebellion doesn't show up. So next time you say, man, there's some rebellion. Man, that sinner over there, that dude over there, he doesn't even know God, doesn't even care about God. That's not up to you or me. If the Father sends them, we're going to be a demonstration. Because we're not going to see one any different than we see ourselves. Does anybody hear me today? He's changing the personality of this place. And we're not waiting for them to come in either. We're inviting them. It's not enough that we just sit here and, and wait. Man, I hope they come Sunday. Oh, no, no, because you're going to be sitting beside them tomorrow at your job. You're living. Some of you are living right next door to the most wretched rascal you, know, you could possibly know. Do they know what you do on Sunday morning? Do they know what you do on Monday? Do they know that you serve God? Do they know when the Father gives opportunity? Make a difference in their life. Because here's the cool thing. They are as much in the kingdom as you are. And they have as much opportunity to receive the Christ as you do. Every single day. Does anybody hear me today? Would you stand with me today? Father, I'm so thankful today that if we can open our eyes and see from the right perspective that the kingdom of God, it is literally a workshop where spotless floors are not something to be proud of, but they're shameful. Help us to see with your perspective today that the kingdom of God, it is the finishing place. It is where you do your work. And the kingdom of God is not beyond this place where sin exists. It isn't beyond this place where rebellion exists, where the disorderly exists, where the shameful happens. The kingdom of God, it is among us because you are among us. So Father, today help us in this place to see every single person as an opportunity to know you as an opportunity to be a demonstration the one that in our mind we might see and think there is no way they'll ever know God might actually be the one that's preaching the next message help us see today because probably it's probably true that in this room right now when you look around this room if you knew the backstory of half the people in here you might even want to sit on the other side of the room right now but you don't know it because all you know is someone who has submitted themselves to a finishing work. But before they submitted themselves to that finishing work, you would have had nothing to do with them. Isn't that right, Chris? He just looked at Jamie and... <laughs> Don't think for a second, I didn't see that. And the whole time, as soon as you looked at Jamie, Yahweh said to Christ, He said, mm-hmm, He gets it.
<laughs> what is it? I was paying attention. I know. He was too. <laughs> but I'm a finishing. He's, I'm a work being finished. You are a work being finished. Father, help us to see that today. In the same effort you're putting into us, you want to put into those people that we've counted out, but you haven't. The kingdom of God isn't perfect. It's full of all of the things that need to be worked on. It's your workshop. That's what the kingdom of God is. It is your workshop. So we submit ourselves to your hand. Use us as instruments and tools and testimonies. Even in our imperfect state. Help us today to be a voice and to be a sound that lets the whole world know. Our world, whatever world we exist in. Those in our circle lets them know. If he can do it here, he can do it there. The same kingdom I live in is the same kingdom you live in. Father, we honor you today. We celebrate the birth of Christ. We celebrate the sending of Christ. We celebrate today that we can even preach this message and hear this and be changed by this because you trusted and believed that if you sent your son, someone would turn an ear to hear what he had to say. And we did. We did. And we thank you today for your faithfulness. And we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Come on, put your hands together this morning. I want to say this. I want to say this, if, if you're watching or you're in this room or you're watching online and in your mind, in your heart, you're, you're curious, you're curious about Christ, you're curious about this finished work, you don't really understand everything that I'm saying, it doesn't all make sense to you, little bits and pieces might, I really, I'm, I'm asking Holy Spirit to help you see clearly and help you hear clearly today. I just want you to know this, don't try to figure it all out. If there's anything today you didn't get, get this one thing, get this one thing. The same Christ that the Father sent for Steve Parker, He sent for you, whoever you are today. And the same kind of work He's done in me, He will do that in you. Maybe you need a little more work. Maybe you need a little less work. He's still working on me, so He's not finished. I'm a lifetime project, and you might be too. But I'm telling you today, if you don't know Christ, I invite you today to simply receive Him. You don't have to say an elongated prayer. You don't have to try to figure out all the right words to say. If you just simply let him know, I want you to work on me, to change me, forgive me. I'm going to tell you today, he will. And the same is true if you're in this room. You may have rejected him for years. You may have rejected him all your life. You may have never heard of Christ until just today. But regardless, no matter where you find yourself, if you are willing to let Christ begin to do a work in you, it's not going to happen before you go to lunch. You won't be finished before you lay down tonight. You won't be complete before you reach your next birthday. But He will work on you every single day if you will let Him. Amen. And He'll begin to improve who you are. He'll begin to change the way you think. He'll begin to change the way you speak. Even when you don't understand, He'll begin to help you to see and to understand. Don't try to catch up with people. Be you. Don't try to meet where people are. Be you right where you are. Because the kingdom of God is where you are. Let Him do His work right where you are today. Father, I thank You for the people today that are hearing my voice. And I pray that those who need to receive You for the first time, those who have walked away, I pray today that they will receive You. And that they will submit their heart. They will submit their life to You. And that they will allow You to begin that work, that life-changing work that only You are capable of. 
by Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. I bless you. I love you. Merry Christmas to all of you. Have an incredible week. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday. Now listen, next Sunday, we will be having communion, and we will probably do that pretty quickly right after service starts. So next Sunday, we'll be serving communion. I encourage you to come. I encourage you to invite people to join you. Anybody. Don't look for clean people. They're welcome too. But invite. I'm going to tell you, there's people looking for what you've got. And they're wondering who's going to offer it. Maybe it's you. I love you. I bless you.